you know, when I was very young, my, my father uh, gave me a book by uh, Harvey McKay entitled Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. And it's, and it's a quote that I've held on to my entire life. And that is, you know, if you wait until you are dying of thirst in order to start digging your well, it's too late, right? You need to, it requires planning. And, and so I, I think about relationships in that same light. Caution. Listening to this podcast may motivate you to make positive changes in your life, identify ways to accelerate your career trajectory, and develop a path towards financial freedom. This is the Career Meets World podcast, and I'm your host, Edward Gorbis, and I've spent the last 10 years focused on helping thousands of people advance their career while in parallel teaching a secret recipe to reach financial independence. And I'm here to share the untold stories of successful people and teach thousands of listeners how to develop a growth mindset. Our minds are malleable and everyone has the power to change their mindset through perseverance, dedication, and a passion for learning. So if you're ready to skyrocket your business and financial literacy, turn up the volume and let's dive right in. This is the Career Meets World podcast. Welcome back, podcast family. With us today, we have somebody I had a chance to recently connect with. His name is Mike Kitts, and he is currently in his eighth season with the Golden State Warriors organization. His third as a vice president of corporate partnerships. And in his current role, Mike is responsible for all of the Warriors sales, development, and insight teams, and is responsible for all strategy and revenue. Mike has also been tasked with providing the vision and execution for the team's long-term planning of the Chase Center, the Warriors' state-of-the-art sports and entertainment complex. And under Mike's guidance, the organization was able to announce industry-leading partnerships, which included J.P. Morgan Chase, Kaiser Permanente, Accenture, United Airlines, Pepsi, and Google Cloud. With these notable partnerships, the Warriors have been consistently recognized as one of the top teams in the NBA in multiple categories, including revenue performance, as well as corporate partnership growth. Mike's resume includes over a decade of marketing and sports experience with stints at Leaderfield Sports, a sports marketing firm, and the San Diego Sports Commission, where he served as a director of business development. The San Diego native earned his bachelor's degree in business development at Lynn University and his MBA from the sports management program at San Diego State University. What's up, Mike? It is so nice to connect with you today. I want to welcome you to the Career Meets World family. First and foremost, how's your day going? How is 2020 going for you? Thanks, Ed. Uh, The day? Let's start with the day. Uh, the day is the day is going. I think uh, you know we many of us who who work in sports certainly you know we we miss the days uh, of that preparing for games in our arenas um, and and inviting our communities and our partners in into our homes right uh, on a on a nightly basis whether that be for a Warriors game or a concert at Chase Center. But so these days certainly look much different. Um, but you know, I think we're, we all feel pretty lucky to, to be able to, to, to say we, we get to work in this industry. It's, it's certainly a, um, 
is certainly a uh, uh, one that that we don't take lightly. Uh, and and you know I think let's not kid ourselves. There are silver linings to uh, being able to work from home every day. I haven't put on a suit since March twelfth. That's awesome. Uh, definitely different days back in March. It feels like a lifetime ago. And I know that you certainly and everyone else throughout the Warriors organization misses basketball. All the fans do, including myself. That being said, it is exciting to connect with you today because you've done so much with the organization for the organization over the last couple of years, but even more so throughout your career. And that's what I'm hoping to unpack today and share with so many people because I look at you as somebody who is a business specialist, a negotiation specialist, somebody who really loves and knows how to tap into relationships. And that's what's helped build such a strong organization, community throughout the Bay Area, and camaraderie for the team. So I'd love if you could share with the audience, let's go back before Warriors days and really think about what gave you the strength, the knowledge to step into an organization that had such high demands. So it's imperative for us to really unpack that and understand you as a person and, and go a little bit deeper and let's have some fun with it. Yeah. Th thanks. Thanks for the question. You know, <clears throat> I think if, if going back to you say pre warriors, you know, it was 2012 and um, I had decided that, that, that a move was, was necessary on, on my end. I was living in San Diego and uh, at that point, my network, as you talk about relationships, my network, I'd start to reach out to folks to say, hey, I, this is what I'm looking for. And, um, and, and really, when I think about what I was looking for, I was thinking of looking for a dynamic opportunity, a challenge. And albeit there were some, maybe say, you know, some, some, some path of least resistance, uh, I, I was really looking for that challenge. And so my network, a couple of folks had reached out to me and and indicated that uh, a guy by the name of Chip Bowers had just taken over as CMO of the Golden State Warriors. And although I didn't know him, we had several mutual friends. And so eventually him and I got on the phone and, uh, and, and it was, you know, it was through that camaraderie, if you will, that, that that instant bond was connected and uh, was created, excuse me. And, and when I got to, to Golden State for the interview, I think, you know, what stuck out to me was, the the vision of greatness um you know you're going through these interviews and you're meeting with you know again the guy you know our cmo and at the time our head of ticket sales and you're meeting with you know pr and and hr and, and others and and what you kept hearing over and over was this commitment to greatness not we want to be good not we want to be better we want to be great and, and i gotta tell you though but in 2012 you had to really buy into that vision because in 2012, the Warriors were not great, right? They hadn't made the, the playoffs 13 in the last 14 years. They were, you know, in my world, partnerships, they were towards the last, you know, the bottom 20th percentile in, in terms of, of revenue. And so, you know, the new ownership group had came in. You could definitely tell there was a, a makeover to the culture that was in process. Uh, the new president, Rick Welts, had just came in and arguably one of the, uh, you know, best, if not the best executive in our league. Uh, and in maybe in all sports. And so you, you, you started to see the writing on the wall, but you did have to buy into the vision of where they wanted to go. And, and so that was, and when I walked away, that was the, the challenge that I wanted. Uh, you had to, you had to see the opportunity and just take it 
for the amount of work that you knew it was going to be. And that's what you have to be. That's what you had to be excited about was the amount of work in front of you. That's such an imperative lesson, right? And as a podcast focused on helping and inspiring people to further their careers, really understand how to become better leaders, it doesn't matter if we're looking at sports or any other company that might be comparable to the success that the Warriors have had. It's purely around mindset. And when I look at the leadership through and through that came into the organization, having been a longtime Warriors fan, having grown up in the Bay Area, I've seen the development, the change, the fundamental changes that occurred when the new ownership stepped in. And it stemmed from mindset and the pursuit for greatness. So when you first heard that, right, you went through that series of interviews, you kicked in, you realized this is what I want to be a part of. What does the work ethic look like? What really needs to happen to reach that level of greatness on a consistent basis? I, uh, I recently saw a video by the, um, the, the women's Duke, Duke women's basketball coach, and she broke down the difference between hard work and competing. And someone can, if we're really being honest with ourselves, even though we, we have a high output and we worked hard today, the, the question, if you were, again, if we were being honest with ourselves is if you were to ask yourself, but did you compete? Did you, uh, were, were you better today than you were yesterday? And did you reach beyond your own limits, right? Did you push yourself um, to get out of comfort and into uncomfort? And, and, and if you didn't, then you might've, you very well might've worked hard. But the question is, did you compete? And I think that's that's the mindset that that I think you know we we all hope. Listen, you, when you when you're in day in day out, there are going to be we all. There's no question that that as a human nature, you take a playoff. Um, but the question is, is again at the end of the game, can you look back and 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 truly be honest with yourself of whether or not you you were a competitor uh, that game, and and not only in your own output, but did you make everybody else around you better? Um, and did you push others, right? Did you, did you set the pace? And, and so I think that when, when I got to the Golden State Warriors, that's really what set out us apart, in my opinion, was this, there was, a, there was somewhat of, a, of an underdog uh, type of mentality. Um, and, but, but we were there, we were all there for the same reason, and we were there to compete. Um, and, and we all, again, I think it starts with buying into the vision of what's possible, um, and, and, and really embracing what's required in order to get there. And, and again, I think, you know, that's what has, where we have constantly talked about over the years is strength in numbers. You can't do it by yourself. It, it, it takes an entire team. And, and that, that mindset has not only carried itself out on the court, but we've absolutely embraced that in the front office as well. I was just about to say that, and I love that because it's indicative of what's happened on the court the last decade. We've seen the progress, the championships, the results. But I think, especially a lot of the Warriors players, do a really good job of crediting everyone else. And that's exactly why I wanted to connect with you today to really show a different angle of what a championship caliber organization looks like. Forget, forget the sports element part of it just fundamentally how 
strong leadership percolates down through an organization. And that's not easy to create. And again, we all know what the Warriors look like before the new leadership stepped in, before you stepped in. So I'm really curious, as you stepped into your role, you have accomplished a tremendous amount. You've built so many great relationships throughout the organization, throughout the Bay Area. You've cultivated a lot of growth for the, the company, right? And for the city. So what does that look like for you on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, how do you keep your personal mindset strong? How do you keep your team strong? If you could share a little bit of that, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, and, and just so I clarify the question, I mean, are, are we thinking about this in the terms of our current environment or, or more steady state? That's a really good point. So we could look at it in two different lenses, right? So past in terms of the success that occurred and what you were able to do and create with your specific team that worked for you and with you, and then future looking, right? Like what does it really take to continue that level of greatness? I know the Warriors aren't going to stop. I know you personally aren't going to stop. So how do we continue that train and realize this is a really healthy inflection moment, as you and I previously discussed, and it's an opportunity to reflect on what went well, but we can also carry a lot of those good things moving forward. Yeah, I think um, if we could start, you know, kind of the, the, the past, if you will, right, or, or we'll call it maybe a normal state, uh, look, we are very lucky to, let's not lose sight of where we're located. Um, and so we're very lucky to be at the heart of innovation, be around some of the most, um, you know, thought leaders within a, a, a myriad of, in, of industries. And so through, uh, through regionality, you know, we have, uh, we have an advantage to, to be able to build meaningful relationships with really influential brands. Um, but I will tell you the flip side of that coin, right, is that with with rights comes responsibility and so if you it just because you where you're located you still have to become the type of organization that people want to do business with right i mean i think it means a series of things but you know you do have to be thought leaders yourself you do have to uh have innovation and 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 creativity um, and authenticity yourself. If, as, as an organization, in my, in my role, in my team's role, we're responsible for, you know, connecting with these large uh, innovative brands. And if you don't have, if, you, if the value proposition is not there, right, they, they have other things they can be worried about, right? Like, like uh, fixing the world, Right. And 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 so you, you better have the right value proposition. And one of the things that I'd, I'd love to say to my team, and, and really it's a pressure test on ourselves, is have we earned the right to ask for the business? And and that that really stems from just, I would say, business acumen. Right. And so have we have we asked the right questions? Have we listened? Have we aligned goals, objectives with solutions? Have we, are we innovative? Are we creating, are we creating um, opportunities that does move the needle for their business? And if you do that, if you're creating value, um, then, you know, th then, then you have earned the right to ask for the business. And, and it's from there that, that you ultimately, you know, have an opportunity uh, to, to earn their respect and ultimately, and ultimately 
um, strengthen and, and develop and, and create a meaningful relationship, right? And and so and that's you know if I look at where we started out in, in Oracle Arena and you know a few of the years that we were winning championships and so on and so forth, again that that serves as a as a platform for us to have those conversations and earn the right. But even harder is to to set really high expectations for ourselves make to some degree make some really powerful promises of what we're capable of to these large brands and then deliver on them in a way that that makes them want to double down if you will on the relationship as we're moving from oracle arena to chase center and you know so that 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 is that what comes back to you know it's it's building rapport and then and then building trust and then ultimately advocacy. Um, and, and let's hope that, that we continue to answer that bell. Uh, but, you know, I think it's, there's, it's said a couple different ways, you know, that the old idea of just, you know, that, that relationship is, is you never own it. It's just, it's just rented, right? And, and rent, is, rent is due every day. Um, and so you better wake up being prepared to, to answer the bell and continue to deliver on that value proposition and the promises that you made. Um, or else, right? Or, or else the, the, the relationship, you know, is, 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 I would say in jeopardy, but it, um, you know, it's, it is predicated on the fact that there is a, there's a mutual benefit, right? And so um, that's, that's our job. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, I think, again, we're very lucky uh, to, to partner with some of the most innovative brands and, what they do for us, I think, because I think a lot of times partnerships are looked at through the lens of here's what the Warriors do for Mercedes-Benz. Here's what the Warriors do for Pepsi. Here's what the Warriors do for Verizon or for Chase or for Kaiser Permanente. Let's not lose sight of what they do for us. Um, you know, all of those companies I named, plus our other 70, you know, some odd partners, without them, we would not be able to engage and add value for our fans um, and they're an, they play an intricate role in us delivering that value proposition uh, for our for our other key stakeholders i love that and it's a really unique ecosystem that we don't often get a a view into especially as fans of any sport or any organization to really understand how the customer journey works how the life cycle works. And you hit a really important point, which is around advocacy. Whether or not you're an organization or an individual, our personal brand, our, our company's brand is predicated on our ability to consistently show up with that high energy, with that positivity, with the optimism that our community needs, our employees need, our managers need, our subordinates need. It's a consistent momentum that we bring every single day and you've built that. So if we're looking ahead and we're both two optimists talking right now, what are you most excited for, right? Like 2021 is around the corner. The NBA season just finished. I know that everyone in the organization is hungry. I know you're personally hungry. What are you most looking forward to and what steps are you taking to get there? Well, look, I think when we think about um, the world where we are right now, uh, you know, it's um, there's 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 a lot of div divisiveness. And, um, you know, I think if we if we're if we're looking at it, like there's kind of two things that that can 
bring communities together. And, and one of those is strategy and the other is sports. And so, you know, the power of sports is, um, is, is special. And, and sometimes in a world where, again, there's a lot of challenges and, and, and noise and, and um, you know, unrest, uh, obviously sports you know, is, is not necessarily on the highest priority list when we're trying to work through personal things. But on the same token, I think it's through those challenges that you realize how important sports is because once again, it brings us all back together. And so if, if I'm really, you know, sort of identifying what I'm so much looking forward to, it is just that, you know, our arenas, um, albeit, you know, serving as, as polling centers and voting centers uh, in the short term, you know, our arenas are, uh, as one of our owners, uh, investors, Peter Guber talks about is that, you know, arenas are modern day campfires. And, and it is, it's, it's, we, we are part of the community fabric. Um, and, you know, positive and negative, we get a report card every Monday, you know, every morning after a game uh, about how, how we did. Uh, but the reality is, is like, you know, but you guess what? Then the very next game, we're all coming back and we're all rooting and we're all together. Um, and so I think that's what we miss most. And it's absolutely what, what we're all working towards uh, to get back to, uh, which is, you know, inviting our communities uh, back to our arenas to once again, you know, uh, sort of be bonded by the, by the blue and gold. I love that. And the camaraderie that you've built together and the community that you've built is something that a lot of people are looking for, whether or not you're a Warriors fan or a fan of any other sport in any other city and you're listening to this. So there's a lot of work that goes on in the offseason, not just for the players in the gym, but obviously for the individuals themselves. So I, I view you as somebody who is a consistent worker, not just in the office but there are things that you probably do that really contribute to your success outside of the workplace. So I'm curious if you could divulge kind of what you do outside of work, whether it be with your family or personally that really help you continuously grow. Yeah. I mean, I think you, the way, one of the things that we, that you and I started with on this was just around relationship. And so, you know, relationship to me is um, it's the, it's, it's the work uh, when when you're not at when it's not actually contractual or it's not actually something that's on the list, right? And so, you know, when I was very young, my my father uh, gave me a book by uh, Harvey McKay entitled "Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty," and it's and it's a quote that I've held on to my entire life, and that is, you know, if you wait until you are dying of thirst in order to start digging your well, it's too late, right? You need to. It requires planning and. And so I, I think about relationships in that same light. And that is, you know, if, you, if, if you're waiting to pick up the phone or you're waiting to connect with somebody um, when you actually need something, um, it's probably too late, uh, right? And so that, that, in my opinion, is where I, where I spend a majority of my time. Um, and, and for me, that is both professional and personal. And so, yeah, it's absolutely spending time with, with loved ones. It's spending time with colleagues. It's spending time with clients. Um, but, but spending time um, connecting on a personal level. And, and the reality is, is that when you, can, when you create that relationship, uh, it, 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 it comes and shows itself in spades uh, when it is, in fact, you need, you need something, right? It's, it's, it's what makes the hard decisions 
um, easier. Uh, when, when the work does actually come into play and, and you do got to work through something, um, you know, or in the case of family, you know, you, you, um, we do have to work long hours. We do have to work nights and weekends and holidays. My, my kids have, have been in the arena every day on Christmas uh, for as long as they can remember, right? It's kind of part of our thing. But, you know, it's um, one of the leaders in our business, um, Scott O'Neill from uh, Harris Blitzer. I, I love one of his quotes that he always says, which is, be where your feet are. And, and you know, I think that's, that's really at the crux of, of all of this. Um, you know, be where your feet are. Uh, you know, when, when you're with your family, it, that it, makes, it makes the work uh, you know, that much sweeter. And when you're at, when you're at work, it makes, it makes the, the time with your family that, that much sweeter. But I think, again, if I were just to, you know, wrap it up, it's, it's simply that the, the work that you do, not around the game, not around the season, it is what that's, in my opinion, I mean, that's, that's the, um, that's the good stuff, right? Um, it's, it's, it's getting to, to meet and, uh, and spend time with people on a, on a personal level, not when you're on the clock. Hey there, listeners. I just wanted to pop in and let you know that as a part of Career Meets World, I am now taking on exclusive one-on-one clients who are hungry leaders or entrepreneurs and want to learn how to succeed under immense pressure. I believe that being an effective business leader is equal parts understanding your subconscious and developing and executing a personalized growth plan. These two aspects continually build upon each other and my coaching practice is designed to amplify your confidence levels and provide you a toolkit to thrive in any situation. Career Meets World is the ultimate achievement partner and we support our clients with an always on approach. So if you're ready to unleash your wildest leadership potential and take control of your success, find Career Meets World or me personally, Edward Gorbis, on LinkedIn and shoot me a short message about your goals with the title, Let's Start. And now it's time to get back to today's episode. I love that. And we can obviously extrapolate it into so many different directions. And it's a really good analogy for how to approach life and how to approach the situation. Obviously, everyone's gone through different turmoil and their own relationship with the pandemic. Uh, that being said, the positive angle of this is exactly what you just described, focusing on developing and harboring some of those really quality relationships, because ultimately relationships will transcend good or bad moments, and those people will always show up for you. So on that note, and if we can really zoom in on relationships, I know that we've talked about this previously where relationships are critical for our success. And there's always people who are there to support us, to develop us throughout our career. So who are some of the most notable people that you can recall that really have been there for you and helped you become who you are today? Um, well, as cliche as it, as it sounds, um, you know, I have to, um, it starts at home for me. Um, and so my parents, you know, I think were extremely influential in, um, and who and who I am, and and I think it showed a way multiple shows itself in multiple ways. Uh, you know, I think uh, from my from my mom, it's it's very it's it's this idea of optimism, it's it's this idea of positive intent, um, benefit of the doubt, 
Um, and, and from my dad, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's certainly some really strong leadership qualities that I pulled from him. I mentioned the Harvey McKay stuff earlier and, you know, son of a drill instructor, uh, in the Marine Corps, you know, he, he has some really, really, again, strong leadership qualities. And, but at the same token, you know, he's the first person to, to ever share, um, you know, the quote with me that, that, um, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Right. Um, and, and so I, I, I draw a lot of inspiration from them. Um, you know, I think that, uh, they, neither of them, you know, having gone to college, uh, you know, expected and wanted a lot more from me than, than, than what they, you know, thought they, they were able to achieve themselves. And, and I think it's that, it's that belief. And, and again, the investments that were made in me, uh, that, uh, you know, certainly, uh, in my opinion, you know, shaped a lot of who I am today. And, and I would say combined, you know, it's, it's, it's work ethic. Um, you know, in my opinion, you know, work ethic outperforms talent quite a bit. Um, and, and it, it, you cannot, it, it is talent without work ethic is, is, is useless. Right. So, um, th those are some of the, some of the extremely, uh, you know, uh, important, important building blocks that, uh, that, that are important to me. And then, and then I, um, I'd be remiss if, if I didn't, uh, give a shout out to my guy, Steve Beckbar, who, um, he is, he was the guy who hired me in sports for the very first time. Uh, so I got out of grad school and, uh, and he hired me with Learfield sports and, you know, he, we've all had the, the person who gave us, uh, our first shot, if you will. Right. Um, and so that, that was a, that was a person who, who, again, took a, took a chance on me. And when, when, when we don't have the experience, we need someone to, to see the potential. Um, and, and, and he did. And so I will forever be grateful for that. I can certainly empathize with you. For me, my parents have afforded me so much in my career and you're spot on that. There's always that one individual or maybe a couple that we all recall that gave us a shot and they're so vivid in our minds. So if you're listening, think about who those people are and just take a moment to be grateful because those are the people that really help us propel in life, who help us get to that next moment. So as people are listening, and I'm sure there's a lot of individuals who may be interested in pursuing a career in sports or partnerships or business development, what kind of high level recommendations would you provide to them if they're interested in, in sports and then more specifically in partnerships? I kind of will go back to a, a answer we did, I had a few minutes ago, and that is, I think in partnerships in general, people want to look at it and, and really focus on the salesy, I'm using the air quotes, the salesy aspect of it, right? And, and I believe that it would, if I were to look at, you know, what makes people successful, um, it's, it is going back to that concept of, of competing. Um, but, but I would also say like, you, you gotta be, it's, you gotta have, you gotta have a high level of curiosity. Um, you know, intellectual curiosity will carry you a long way. People that I see that are successful in this business and specifically in partnerships have high business acumen. And, you know, as much I love, I love the sports business journal as, as much as the next person. It is the Bible of our industry. And, but, but the sports business journal tells you for the most part from, from a partnerships lens, it tells you what already happened. 
It didn't tell you what's going to happen. What, what tells you what's going to happen is Forbes, is TechCrunch, is Yahoo Finance, um, who's buying who, who's launching a new product, who's, who's entering a new marketplace. Um, those are, right, you have to have a high business acumen and that comes from curiosity. You know, one moment of my day, I have to be dangerous enough in the automotive industry. And then the next moment I have to understand finance when I'm talking with Chase. And then the next moment I have to understand a high level of understand, have to have a high level of understanding of healthcare, current policies, challenges, um, so that so that I can I can knowledgeably speak to Kaiser Permanente and 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 so on and so forth, right? And and that's that's what's required. And you know, the days of of you know signs and tickets and you know those are those days are over your 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 buyers are extremely savvy they have a lot of choices and your value proposition needs to be stronger than ever and and i really believe it comes back to you know the a rate of return and it comes back to you know if i spend this money with you there is an opportunity cost and and so you have to, I'll go back to it, you have to earn the right for the, to ask for the business. And I believe that, again, that comes back to the curiosity. And, you know, I, I subscribe to the concept of if I surround myself with a lot of really smart people, we'll figure it out. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, and the, the smart people doesn't always necessarily mean it's a linear path from you started out as a sponsorship coordinator and then a sponsorship manager and then, you know, on, on up the ladder. I, I actually... Uh, believe that there's a huge advantage to having a diverse uh, background, uh, both gender, uh, you know, uh, cultural, but also, um, you know, core competencies, you know, people coming from media, people coming from digital, people coming from agencies and teams. But, but I think, you know, I would just, for people that want to work in this industry, think about, it's not always linear. Um, and also think about transferability. There's a lot of really great skills and, and competencies that are extremely transferable to this industry. And again, I think, especially when we're, we're moving more and more into a, a world where, um, you know, there is, in my opinion, we're not, this isn't sports business. There's really strong business practices and, and business principles, and we apply them to sports. It's so important to remember exactly what you just said. It's the dynamic business acumen that has enabled you to become who you are and the approach that you've taken. So I commend you for doing that. And Mike, I love your journey. I love the story. And I appreciate you sharing all of that. And before we let you off the hook, as we do with all of our guests, I want to make sure that we put you through the hot seat and ask you some personalized questions and we'll see how you do. So are you ready? Let's do it. Awesome. Look, Mike, uh, you have a wealth of knowledge and I know many people appreciate it. Your team appreciates it. And the community around the Bay Area certainly has appreciated the output of your hard work and everyone on the Warriors. So if you had the opportunity, when we all go back into the Chase Center and, and have a chance to view a live game, if you personally can put up one sign on the billboard that kind of shares a message with people. What would you put up there? Wow. One message on the billboard uh, that I can put up there. Are we talking a personal message? 
yeah, a personal message to the fans, to people, and everyone would have eyes on it. Uh, one message. Um, let's be kind. Just be, just be kind. Um, and I, and I, and I believe that that if we can, if we can do that, um, to each other, uh, we'll all be better for it. And I don't know, you know, how much money we'll get from that putting that sign up there. Um, but, uh, it's certainly a message that, uh, I'd, I'd love to spread. It's a priceless one. So easy and simple, but difficult to master. I love it. So look, we, uh, we both love to read. We love to absorb different things. And you had mentioned some of the places that you collect information. What are some of your favorite books that you'd love to share out with people? Yeah, I would say, um, so I, I mentioned one book that that you know kind of put me on a path and in a mindset, and that was that was Harvey McKay, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty, and and that was what it's it's uh yeah I, I don't I don't know that I recommend like it, it as a pure read today. Uh, I mean, it actually references fax machines in there, which is so it's it's certainly been outdated, but I think um, it has some some really good messages. Um, one of my favorite books uh, that I've read recently is uh, Pound the Stone, uh, which kind of just refers to, um, it refers to hard work. It refers to discipline. Um, you know, it's, it, there isn't really shortcuts to, to hard work, right? Um, there's, there's efficiency, but there isn't shortcuts. Um, so so I, I love that. And then maybe on a, a little bit on a lighter side, um, if you will, but just in the spirit of journey and in the spirit of chasing greatness, uh, you know, journey of a lifetime, uh, uh, is, is certainly something that is, that is very, very special. Uh, Bob Iger, you know, his, his book is like, uh, you can't help but to be inspired. He built an incredible organization as well. So love those books. And one final one for you, uh, I'll give you a layup, hopefully, uh, <laughs> Look, also, when when things open up, I know we're all eager and literally hungry to go experience some some great dining in the Bay Area. What's one of your favorite restaurants you're most looking forward to go back to once the all opens up and we're really able to enjoy some semblance of normalcy? Yeah, I, this is uh, this is a no brainer for me. And, and so about a couple, let's see, when do we do it? So it's probably end of January. So we got to enjoy it for about, call it, you know, 45 days or so. Dumpling Time in San Francisco opened up in Thrive City, uh, right outside of Chase Center. And uh, so I was there uh, early and often. Um, and for those who haven't been to Dumpling Time, there are a few different ones in, in San Francisco. Uh, highly recommend it. One of my favorite restaurants. And so I can't wait to get back. Uh, to dumpling time in, in Thrive City. It, um, uh, Cash is the guy who owns all the dumpling times and uh, tell you what, they know how to do it. Uh, I can see the smile on your face. I know you are probably salivating and are excited to get back there. My wife's been telling me about that place for a while and I've still yet to check it out. So you survived the hot seat. No surprise. You're a man that deals with a lot of pressure. So these questions were cake- and I appreciate you taking the time, sharing your journey, sharing what you've accomplished, sharing the, the consistent pursuit for greatness that the Warriors organization has created, but really 
welcomes so many hardworking people like yourself to foster a ton of great relationships with so many companies throughout the Bay Area. So I commend you for that. I personally cannot wait for basketball to come back, for us to get an opportunity to step back into an arena, really just feel and share that energy. And as you said, really just be kind to each other. So as we always say on Career Meets World, Mike, including yourself, go unleash your wildest potential. Thank you so much for joining us. That's a, that's a great closing words, Ed. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to having you at Chase Center uh, sooner rather than later. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Career Meets World podcast. I would love to get to meet you. There are a couple of ways we can connect. You know I love my LinkedIn. Simply search for Career Meets World or Edward Gorbis and feel free to connect. Second is via Instagram at Career Meets World. And third is through our website. I have a special spot for you full of fun, free resources. All you have to do is go to careermeetsworld.com, subscribe to our newsletter, and we'll provide you the free resources to help you boost your career and reach financial freedom. And if this podcast was helpful to you in any way, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps us help more people. Simply tap the rate with five stars and leave a sentence with what you liked about the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, strengthening your growth mindset is your ticket to success. I'm Edward Gorbis, and we'll catch you on next week's episode.